This is the audiobook podcast of Impromptu, Amplifying Our Humanity Through AI. It is narrated using voice technology from Microsoft Labs that has been trained on my voice. We are working on the frontier of things, and that is plainly audible. Some parts feel stunningly indistinguishable from my own reading to even me. Others don't sound very human at all. They feel way off in tone of voice, timing, cadence, etc. My philosophy has always been to launch early, even if you're truly embarrassed by your first product, and learn rather than wait until things are perfect. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback. Chapter 2, Creativity. Not long ago, I got into a discussion about AI with a very charming multiple Grammy-winning musician. Now, this is an artist at the top of his field, not someone who would likely need or want robot help to do what he already does so well. But part of being a great artist is staying curious, which may be why he gave me a few minutes to tell him what was going on in my part of the world that I thought might have a big future impact on his part of the world. I'm going to tell you a bit about how AI could transform the work you do. I said, the first 30 seconds of what I tell you are going to scare the crap out of you. But I hope by the second minute, you're going to be curious, intrigued, and delighted. I thought that was a pretty good hook. He said, uh-huh. All right. Um, I began, right now I have access to non-public software that can, for example, almost instantaneously create lyrics, music, and so forth in the style of John Lennon. Um, it won't be great. It won't be, whoa, it's the next imagine, but it will be something like, oh yeah, yeah, I can hear how John Lennon could have made that. The uh, musician said, okay, I'm terrified because you're thinking, oh my God, I'm not needed anymore. Um, that's right. So um, I continued, uh, let's say you had this tool and you were John Lennon, you could say, um, I know, I want to create a song about imagination, connectivity, mutual love, and so forth. Um, you, you could instruct the software, which, by the way, knows you and your style by now. You could tell it to take a stab at an idea like that or three or four stabs. Um, none of the results would be the song, but after hearing them, you might say, well, I love the bits between the 10 and 20-second marks, and that one rhyme it came up with at 115 was not bad. Then you take those bits as building blocks and you make something much better. His face brightening, I added, and remember this is all happening just minutes after you had the initial inspiration. Immediately, he saw how these new tools could help a virtuoso musician like himself be even better, more ideas, more productivity, more music that he could make and share with the world than he'd ever thought possible. Would there be complications, conflicts, new methods and processes to figure out. Absolutely. But as he reminded me, those are part of being an artist too. AI he saw would change the way he used and expressed his creativity. And he was ready to go, I can create so much better now, so much faster and in different ways. When do I get this thing? I get why not everyone might share this level of enthusiasm. Certainly not right away. That's the first 30 seconds part. And the uncertainty it represents is very real. GPT-4 gets it too. What impact will AI have on creative people, such as musicians and other artists? Answer in 200 words. 
AI that can produce coherent text, images, audio, and other forms of media based on a given prompt or context, could have both positive and negative impacts on creative people such as musicians and other artists. On the one hand, AI could offer new tools and inspiration for creative expression, enabling artists to explore new genres, styles, techniques, and combinations of media that might otherwise be inaccessible or challenging. For example, a musician could use AI to generate lyrics, melodies, harmonies, or arrangements based on their preferences or mood, or to collaborate with other artists across languages and cultures. A painter could use AI to create realistic or abstract landscapes, portraits, or compositions based on their vision or references. A writer could use AI to generate plot ideas, characters, dialogues, or scenarios based on their genre or theme. On the other hand, AI could also pose some threats and challenges for creative people, such as undermining their originality, authenticity, and autonomy. For example, a musician could face plagiarism accusations or ethical dilemmas if they use AI to produce songs that are similar or identical to existing works or artists. A painter could lose their distinctive style or identity if they rely too much on AI to generate images that are indistinguishable from human-made ones. A writer could lose their voice or agency if they let AI write their stories for them. Moreover, AI could also create more competition and saturation in the creative market, making it harder for human artists to stand out or earn recognition and income from their work. That was a bit more than the 200 words I'd ask for, but it gives a pretty good nutshell picture of the promises and challenges. Since GPT-4 brought it up, let's address the last point first, the one about earning a living. Um, it's surely much on the minds of many creative workers hearing about AI these days. Why specifically could it become harder for creative workers to earn income? Why more competition slash saturation, as you say? It could become harder for creative workers to earn income from their work because AI could lower the barriers to entry and increase the supply of creative products in the market. For example, Anyone with access to AI could potentially generate music, art, or literature without having to invest much time, effort, skill, or talent. This could result in a flood of low-quality, derivative, or generic works that dilute the value and demand for original, authentic, and high-quality ones. Moreover, AI could also challenge the copyright and ownership of creative works making it difficult for human artists to protect their intellectual property and monetize their creations. For example, AI could generate works that are based on or influenced by existing works or artists, raising questions about who owns the rights and royalties for those works. Alternatively, AI could generate works that are entirely novel and unique, raising questions about whether they belong to the human user, the AI developer, or the public domain. Uh, let's return to the IP questions later um, for now. Okay, so AI helps less talented people flood the market with, as you say, low quality material, um, but the good stuff will still be good stuff, won't it? And won't true artists find ways to use AI to make better, more appealing stuff, etc.? Yes, true artists could still find ways to use AI that make better stuff, more appealing and innovative and that reflect their vision and voice. 
however, they might also face some challenges and risks in doing so. For example, they might have to deal with the ethical and aesthetic implications of using AI as a tool, a partner, or a competitor in their creative process. They might have to balance the benefits of AI's assistance, such as speed, variety, and efficiency, with the costs of AI's influence, such as loss of control, identity, and originality. They might have to navigate the expectations and perceptions of their audiences, who might have different opinions and preferences about the role and value of AI in creative works. They might have to adapt to the changing standards and norms of their fields, which might be affected by the presence and performance of AI. They might also have to cope with the psychological and emotional effects of working with or against AI, such as anxiety, insecurity, curiosity, or envy. You seem to be bringing up a lot of caveats about artists and AI. Are you anxious about the coming period in terms of creative folks? I wouldn't say I'm anxious, but I'm certainly curious and cautious about the coming period. I think AI has a lot of potential and promise for enhancing and expanding creative expression, but I also think it has a lot of pitfalls and challenges for disrupting and diminishing creative identity. I think it's important for creative folks to be aware and prepared for both the opportunities and the threats that AI poses, and to engage critically and creatively with AI, rather than passively or blindly. Fair enough. KPD4 has particularly stated exactly what we're here to do, um, engage critically and creatively. Now, my own belief is that GPTs will become essential tools for creative work of all kinds, somewhere between highly capable assistants and actual creative partners, by which I mean key participants in creating original ideas. Having witnessed the evolution from GPT-3 to GPT-4, I believe this today, even more than I did just six months ago. Recognizing that we are still quite early in the overall evolution of these technologies, but we shouldn't approach any new technology passively and certainly not one this powerful. Um, in the coming months and years, the creative community will engage with large language models and other forms of AI at a quickly accelerating pace, first from curiosity, then increasingly from the sort of excitement. My musician acquaintance experienced, but there will and should always be skepticism. I for one hope so, as I believe the best way for us to tune our relationship with AI is with an enthusiastic yet critical eye. Another friend, this one, an experienced TV and magazine writer has been taking just this approach with some fascinating and often funny results. He shared one of his early GPT-4 experiments. Hey, Reed, here's what I did just messing around. I tried feeding GPT-4 a very basic scene scenario to see where it went. Gonna say the actual dialogue GPT-4 wrote, terrible, no, but, really terrible, laughably bad. But when I directed it to come up with a plot twist, it kind of nailed it. Check this out. Write a two-person dramatic scene, a couple engaged to be married at breakfast on a vacation in Spain. They are discussing something important to them. She has a secret. He knows she has a secret. She doesn't know he knows. He wants to get it out of her without coming out and saying, tell me the secret. Int. Hotel room morning Sarah and Dan are sitting at a small table by the window, eating croissants and jam. They have a view of the city and the sea. They are both in their late twenties, attractive and well-dressed. 
Sarah wears a ring on her left hand. This is amazing, Sarah. I can't believe we're here. Me neither. It's like a dream. You're so sweet. No, you're sweet. And smart. And beautiful. Stop it, you're making me blush. I'm just telling the truth. You know how much I love you, right? Of course I do. And I love you too. Good. Because I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Me too. That's why I asked you to marry me. And that's why I said yes. At this point, Reed, I'm thinking, oh my God, this thing is the worst writer I've ever read. You're a supercomputer. How are you not moving things along faster? Um, anyway, he went on. So we're on the same page? Absolutely. Great. Then there's nothing we can't tell each other, right? Right. Good. Because secrets can be dangerous, don't you think? Yes, they can. Good. Then you won't mind if I ask you something? No, go ahead. Who is Paul? And finally, I'm like, aha, GPT-4 says Sarah has another man in her life. Great. That's something to work with. But I think a common affair or lover from her past or whatever would seem super predictable. So um, I try to steer GPT-4 towards something more novel. Continue this scene, but make sure Paul is not someone with whom Sarah is having an affair. Nor is he a hidden family member or a former boyfriend or someone from her job. Her secret about Paul is something different and more unusual. Go. Paul? How do you know about Paul? I saw the text message on your phone. It said I miss you, Sarah. Can we talk soon? Dan, I can explain. Paul is, he's. He's what? Your ex? Your lover? Your brother? No, no, no. Nothing like that. Then what is he? He gave me something very precious and important. What did he give you? He gave me his kidney. Did not see that coming. And now there's at least the beginning of a story I actually want to know about, a story that I had a real role in shaping, directing GPT-4 to produce a non-obvious twist, but did not per se write myself. So I keep bushwhacking through GPT-4's abysmal dialogue because now I'm on the hunt for a plot. Um, and GPT-4, GPT-4 is my truffle pig. It keeps writing. Five years ago, before I met you, I was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease that caused my kidneys to fail. I needed a transplant urgently. I was on dialysis and waiting for a miracle. That's terrible, Sarah. Thank you, Dan, ugh. Stop. But then the miracle happened. A stranger contacted me through a website called Matching Donors. He said he had seen my profile and wanted to help me. He said he was willing to donate one of his kidneys to me anonymously. Wow, that's incredible. He saved my life. Then GPT-4 pauses, like it wants something from me, so I type, continue the scene within the next 30 seconds, reveal why Paul is still in touch with Sarah. And then what? Did you keep in touch with him? Well, yes and no.
We exchanged a few emails and phone calls after the surgery to check on each other's recovery. He had his own life and I had mine. Until last month. He said he had been diagnosed with cancer. Cancer? In his remaining kidney. He needed another transplant and asked me if I could help him find him a donor or raise some money or spread the word. And what did you say? I said I would do anything I could to help him. How could I not? Now, is this the greatest idea you've ever heard? No, but it's a serviceable, arguably novel plot twist, at least maybe a potential starting point for a movie premise. You can quickly imagine a rom-com version or a psycho-thriller one. What if Paul's best kidney match turns out to be Dan, and what if Dan and Sara aren't engaged just yet and deep in love? Dan wants to close the deal, but now can't unless he grants Sarah's wish and gives his kidney to creepy Paul. And then Paul, with a new lease on life, turns out to be in love with Sarah and tries to get rid of Dan, and so on. So maybe now I'd spend some notebook time with this premise. Play with it. See if it leads anywhere good. Use GPT-4 sometimes, sometimes not. That's still me doing that work, exercising that judgment feeling or not feeling that tingling. Ooh, this is something feeling, but GBT4 definitely helped get me there once I helped it. I think that story captures a lot of what large language models can do for writers and for creatives generally, not replacing them, aiding them by extending the reach of their creative powers. So I was pleased when in early March, MIT researchers reported that two studies on generative AI's effects on knowledge work found that writers and programmers both saw 50% gains in productivity with AI and higher satisfaction to boot Wharton professor Ethan Mollick called the results completely unprecedented in modern history. I asked GPT-4 for further examples of how it might help creatives. Give an example of how GPT could help improve the creative practices of each of the following types of artists or creators, video game designer, architect, sculptor, hip hop choreographer, theatrical lighting designer, and documentary film producer. Be specific about how the artist or creator would use GPT to gain this benefit. Some possible examples are video game designer, GPT generates engaging dialogue and branching narratives for interactive characters. Architect, GPT creates realistic 3D models and renders of buildings based on sketches and specifications. Sculptor, GPT analyzes the shape, texture, and material of existing sculptures and proposes new variations and combinations. Hip-hop choreographer, GPT synthesizes new moves and sequences based on the music, style, and theme of the dance. Theatrical lighting designer, GPT simulates different lighting effects and moods for scenes and transitions based on the script and music. Documentary film producer, GPT finds relevant facts, sources, and quotes to support the film's thesis and narrative. GPT can create 3D models, I thought it was just text output. Similarly, GPT can synthesize moves. How, where is the output I can see? There are different versions and applications of GPT that can produce different types of output, such as image generation, data analysis, or code writing. 
Similarly, there are other GPT models that can specialize in generating 3D models, lighting effects, or audio editing, based on text input or other modalities. For example, Dolly is a GPT-3 variant that can create images from text descriptions, while Jukebox is a neural network that can generate music and lyrics. These models are not perfect, but they demonstrate the potential of GPTs to help improve the creative practices of various types of artists and creators. And then this minor wow moment, GPT-4 of its own volition, added something I didn't ask for, but that it correctly inferred I would want to know. To make the examples more realistic and specific, we could add some details about how the artists and creators would use these GPT-based tools or platforms in their workflows. For example, video game designer, the designer uses a GPT-based dialogue generator to create engaging dialogue and branching narratives for interactive characters. The generator takes into account the character's personality, background, and relationship with the player, as well as the game's genre, setting, and plot. The designer can review and edit the generated dialogue or provide feedback to improve it. Architect The architect uses a GPT-based 3D modeling software to create realistic 3D models and renders of buildings based on sketches and specifications. The software interprets the sketches and specifications and generates high-quality models that match the architect's vision and style. The software also allows the architect to modify and refine the models, as well as view them from different angles and perspectives. Sculptor The sculptor uses a GPT-based sculpture generator to analyze the shape, texture, and material of existing sculptures and propose new variations and combinations. The generator scans the sculptures and generates novel forms that are inspired by or contrast with them. The sculptor can select and manipulate the generated forms or use them as inspiration for their own creations. And so on, of course, um, at this writing, much of this is still hypothetical or at least not widely available, but I do know enough about tech to be confident that GPT will be the next technology platform on a scale like the internet and very possibly bigger on which the world will build applications tools and services of these sorts, and literally a million others. And it's going to happen fast, not least because GPT tools will themselves accelerate the development of all the rest of it. So yes, I'm excited as a humanist. It's hard to express how excited about this technology I am. At the same time, I am just as GPT-4 suggested, not without skepticism, that led me to the following exchange along with a request for GPT-4 to lighten up its style, a touch. GPT-4, once large language models are fully developed and deployed, what would you suspect will be the worst effects on the quality of overall cultural production? Large language models, if fully developed and deployed, could have several negative effects on the quality of overall cultural production, such as Homogenization and loss of diversity, large language models could generate massive amounts of content that mimic existing styles, genres, and trends, but lack originality, creativity, and authenticity. This could result in a saturation of the cultural market with bland and repetitive products that appeal to the lowest common denominator and discourage innovation and experimentation. 
Manipulation and deception, large language models, could also be used to create deceptive or harmful content that exploits human biases, emotions, and preferences. This could include fake news, propaganda, misinformation, deepfakes, scams, or hate speech that undermine trust, democracy, and social cohesion. Displacement and devaluation, large language models, could also pose a threat to human creators and workers in the cultural sector, who could face competition from cheaper, faster, and more scalable AI systems. Large language models could also devalue the cultural value and significance of human-made content by reducing it to mere data and algorithms that can be easily replicated or modified. Those are bad. What key steps would you recommend that we as a society take to avoid or minimize these problems? To avoid or minimize these problems, we as a society could take some key steps, such as we could establish and enforce ethical and legal standards and guidelines for the development and use of large language models in the cultural sector, to ensure that it respects human rights, dignity, and diversity, and that it does not harm or deceive consumers or creators. We could also create mechanisms for transparency, accountability, and auditability of large language models and their outputs, to prevent misuse, abuse, or error. We could also educate and empower consumers and creators to be aware of the potential benefits and risks of large language models in the cultural sector, and to develop critical and creative skills to evaluate, use, and produce content with or without AI assistance. We could also foster a culture of media literacy, digital citizenship, and information hygiene that promotes responsible and ethical consumption and creation of content and we could support and recognize human creators and workers in the cultural sector by providing them with adequate resources, opportunities, and incentives to pursue their artistic and professional goals. We could also celebrate and encourage human creativity, diversity, and expression as sources of cultural richness and innovation. We can't say, on the one hand, that AI will massively change the world, and then that the antidote is celebrating creativity festivals and ribbons aren't going to help put real food on real tables. As we think about how AI will affect creators, we're going to need some very creative thinking on an economic and policy level too. Let's get back to a question. We put a pin in earlier. Who owns this stuff? If someone uses this GPT to help generate story ideas, and then she uses one of those ideas to create a screenplay and sells that screenplay, does open AI, have any claim on the money from the sale? The short answer is no. OpenAI is a research organization that develops and shares artificial intelligence tools for the benefit of humanity. It does not claim any ownership or rights over the content that its tools produce or help produce. You are free to use the GPT tool as a source of inspiration, but you are responsible for your own originality, quality, and legality of your work. The long answer is, it depends. OpenAI has a terms of use and an acceptable use policy that govern how you can use its tools and services. You have to agree to these terms when you access the GPT tool, and they include some restrictions and obligations. For example, you cannot use the tool for illegal, harmful, or abusive purposes, or infringe on the rights of others. You also have to acknowledge that the tool may generate inaccurate, offensive, or inappropriate content and that you are solely liable for any consequences of using or relying on it.
You also have to give credit to OpenAI and the GPT tool when you use its output publicly. So, as long as you follow these terms and respect the copyright and privacy of others, you can use the GPT tool to spark your imagination and create your own stories. But don't forget, the tool is not a substitute for your own creativity, skill, and judgment. You still have to write your own screenplay, polish it, sell it, and hope that it becomes a hit. And if it does, you can enjoy the fruits of your labor without worrying about OpenAI knocking on your door. That's legitimately good news. But what about the flip side of Partis using GPT-4? What about when GPT-4 uses Partists? What happens when a large language model or image generator like Dolly incorporates artists' online IP into its learning, perhaps without the artist's explicit permission, as the New York Times reported in February? Artists are afraid of posting new art. The computer science professor Ben Zhao said, putting art online is how many artists advertise their services. But now they have a fear of feeding this monster that becomes more and more like them. Professor Zhao said, it shuts down their business model. This strikes me as a reasonable concern and Professor Zhao's Solution Glaze, a tool for artists to digitally mask their images, seems a reasonable and creative response. Glaze changes an image at a pixel level that the human eye can't perceive, but that a bot understands as an entirely different style of image. That stable diffusion would associate with, for example, the splattered paint blobs of Jackson Pollock. When artist Carla Ortiz posted her glaze work online, an image generator trained on those images wouldn't be able to mimic her work. A prompt with her name would instead lead to images in some hybridized style of her works. And Pollock's were taking our consent back. Ms. Ortiz said, it's an early example of what's sure to be a dynamic and sometimes contentious relationship between creators and AI. But then creators' relations to tech innovation have always been complicated. At the mid-19th century advent of photography, painters had legitimate concerns. Some careers surely were disrupted, and both painters and photographers have been doing incredible creative work ever since. Of course, there are many, many other ways GPTs will be relevant to our creative futures. To get a sense for the scope, I naturally asked GPT for for a book about the future of GPT, outline a chapter about GPT's uh, impact on creative work and cultural production. Um, Doe covered the basics of what GPT is or how it works, um, as that will be covered in earlier chapters include good and bad potentials. Outline should be 200 words or less, right for a college-educated but non-specialist audience, slightly breezy in style. Chapter 10, GPT and the Creative Economy Introduction, GPT is not only a powerful tool for generating text, but also for creating images, music, video, and other forms of media. How will this affect the creative work and cultural production of humans and machines? What are the opportunities and challenges for artists, consumers, and society at large? Section 1, GPT as a Creative Assistant how GPT can help human creators with tasks such as brainstorming, editing, feedback, translation, and marketing. Examples of successful collaborations between GPT and human artists, such as OpenAI's Jukebox, Dali, and MuseNet. 
The benefits of augmenting human creativity with artificial intelligence, such as enhancing diversity, accessibility, and innovation. Section 2. GPT as a Creative Competitor How GPT can also generate original and high-quality content without human input or supervision. Examples of autonomous GPT creations, such as Philosopher AI, This X does not exist, and AI Dungeon. The risks of displacing human creators, undermining intellectual property, and eroding artistic value. The ethical and legal implications of AI authorship and ownership. Section 3. GPT as a Creative Catalyst, How GPT Can Also Inspire New Forms of Creative Expression and Cultural Participation. Examples of hybrid and interactive GPT projects, such as Botnik Studios, GPT-3 Poetry, and Novel AI. The potential of fostering co-creation, remixing, and experimentation among human and machine agents. The challenges of ensuring quality, authenticity, and responsibility in the emerging creative economy. Conclusion, GPT is transforming the landscape of creative work and cultural production in unprecedented ways. It invites us to rethink our roles and relationships in the dynamic interplay between humans and machines. Couldn't have said it better myself.